So let me tell you about your nephew today. I kind of forgot about him. He's been quiet. He is barking down the hallway right now. He's very upset. Um, I mean, quiet, meaning there's been no stories about him, but proceed. So he's turned into a little bit of a murderer. I think he might be a little uh, psychopathic, you know, just not sure. I don't want to say socio because I feel like we've been giving him a lovely environment. No abuse, no trauma. Like, I'm a little confused. You don't know um, life before you got him. Fair. <laughs> fair. Those six weeks could have messed him up. Who knows? <laughs> So he's been on a murdering spree. He killed a snake, which at my, at my mom and my dad's house when we were visiting, we took him over there. And he like literally was like crouching low and like crawling through the grass. And then he just killed a snake. And then I just saw the little body, just like blast breasts. I would say that that's a help. I mean, yes, very helpful. My mom was very excited um, about that. But then today he killed a baby bird. I went to go get my laptop so we can sit outside and enjoy the nice weather. And literally I come back, he's lounging in the sun with his little paws crossed, crunching on a baby bird. I was like, where did you get this? Like, it was a whole thing. I was wondering what he was like barking at so excitedly and rolling around on. Apparently it was the bird. Um, yeah. I think I want to talk to him about that. <laughs> see why he's uh, out here murdering people I mean to be fair I talked to like uh, Karen and my mom and they're like he's a hunter he's doing what he's supposed to do and I'm like he's really young to be having a, a body count of two though don't you think five months kind of young huh <laughs> it's in his blood <laughs> just let him be mm, okay I, I guess mean, that's a little bit sad, but I think the snake was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the latest update in Aki's life and the adventures of Aki. I didn't know that was a segment on our podcast. It's not. It was going to be the name of his Instagram page, but, you know, we went with something else. How you doing though? You good? I'm quiet for the lack of judgment. I'm good. I accidentally just dropped a bottle of wine, which is probably the Lord telling me I don't need it. But it was the one that I wanted too. I bought three bottles and this was the bottle I was really excited about that fell. Did it crack? Did it break? Okay. That's what I was just cleaning up. Oh no. What kind of wine was it? It was a ruby red grapefruit Moscato. That's a cute Friday night drink. Exactly. And now I'm left with this margarita. Mm. Sorry, I'll go back and get some. Where did you get it from? I'm just curious. Enjoyed by my house. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I want to try it. I may have to come and harass you. No, you haven't seen my new table. Oh, fancy. Yeah, I know. I do. Yeah. Okay. Please. Yeah. I'll come harass you sometime soon. Maybe throw on a crab leg or two. Um, but I'm going on a fast. Of what? Of everything. 
no meat, no dairy. Literally just like fruit, vegetables, nuts. The Daniel fast? Basically the Daniel fast. You know that this is what Daniel actually did. Um, because the Bible said so. Okay. I'm sure there's there's um instructions in the Bible. I mean, I'm sure there are instructions. I was just curious, like, did archaeologists, like, look into this? Like, how do we know for sure? It's for two reasons. Because I need to, like, reset my actual life. But then I was like, Jesus, we got to talk about some things. So, I was like, When are you starting this? May 1st? Oh, good. Okay, so we got the weekend. All right. I can do something with the weekend. You thought I was that slow? <laughs> we legitimately made plans. I was like actually like slightly concerned. I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't know if the restaurant we're going to has these kind of options. <laughs> no. But I respect that and I support you and we'll be praying for you as you go through this journey of reset and reconnect and enlightenment. Alignment. All of the things. I'm not I'm great. Oh, that's good. Well, let's hop in then. Okay. So let me tell you about your nephew today. I kind of forgot about him. He's been quiet. He is barking down the hallway right now. He's very upset. Um I mean quiet, meaning there's been no stories about him, but proceed. So he's turned into a little bit of a murderer. I think he might be a little uh, psychopathic, you know, just not sure. I don't want to say socio because I feel like we've been giving him a lovely environment. No abuse, no trauma. Like, I'm a little confused. You don't um, know like before you got him. Fair. <laughs> fair. Those six weeks could have messed him up. Who knows? <laughs> so he's been on a murdering spree. He killed a snake, which at my, at my mom and my dad's house when we were visiting, we took him over there. And he like literally was like crouching low and like crawling through the grass. And then he just killed a snake. And then I just saw the little body, just like flash breasts. I would say that that's a help. I mean, yes, very helpful. My mom was very excited um, about that. But then today he killed a baby bird. I went to go get my laptop so we could sit outside and enjoy the nice weather. And literally I come back, he's lounging in the sun with his little paws crossed, crunching on a baby bird. And I was like, where did you get this? Like, it was a whole thing. I was wondering what he was like barking at so excitedly and rolling around on. Apparently it was the bird. Um, so yeah. You might want to talk to him about that. <laughs> see why he's uh, out here murdering people I mean to be fair I talked to like um, Karen and my mom and they're like he's a hunter he's doing what he's supposed to do and I'm like he's really young to be having a, a body count of two though don't you think five months kind of young huh <laughs> it's in his blood <laughs> just let him be mm, okay I, I guess mean, that's a little bit sad, but I think a snake was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So 
That's the latest update in Aki's life and the adventures of Aki. I didn't know that was a segment on our podcast. It's not. It was going to be the name of his Instagram page, but, you know, we went with something else. Who knows? How are you doing, though? You good? I'm quiet for the lack of judgment. I'm good. I accidentally just dropped a bottle of wine which is probably the Lord telling me I don't need it. But it was the one that I wanted too. I bought three bottles and this was the bottle I was really excited about that fell. Mm. Did it crack, did it break? Mm-hmm. That's what I was just cleaning up. Oh no. What kind of wine was it? It was a ruby red grapefruit Moscato. That's a cute Friday night drink. Exactly. And now I'm left with this margarita. Mm. Sorry, I'll go back and get some. Where did you get it from? I'm just curious. I'm joint by my house. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I want to try it. I may have to come and harass you. You know, you haven't seen my new table. Oh, fancy. Yeah, I know. I do. Yeah, okay. Uh, please. Yeah, I'll come harass you sometime soon. Maybe throw on a crab leg or two. Um, but I'm going on a fast. Of what? Of everything. No meat, no dairy. Literally just like fruit, vegetables, nuts. The Daniel fast? Yeah. Basically the Daniel fast. Know that this is what Daniel actually did. Um, because the Bible said so. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's there's um instructions in the Bible. I mean, I'm sure that there are instructions. I was just curious, like did archaeologists like look into this? Like, who how do we know for sure? It's for two reasons, because I need to like reset my actual life. But then I was like, Jesus, we gotta talk about some things. So I was like, when are you starting this? May 1st? Oh, good. Okay, so we got the weekend. All right, I can do something with the weekend. You thought I was that slow? <laughs> we legitimately made plans. I was like, actually, like, slightly concerned. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if the restaurant we're going to has these kind of options. <laughs> no. But I respect that and I support you and we'll be praying for you as you go through this journey of reset and reconnect and enlightenment alignment all of the things all of the things i'm not i'm great oh that's good well let's hop in then Hey everyone, this is Adrian. 
And this is Angelique. And this is another episode of Bossophobia. I don't know what episode this is. Ten. Ten? Okay. Well, it's like two bonus episodes. So technically like 10-ish, 12-ish, however we're counting. Okay. Okay. We doing something here? A little, little something. A little something. Oh, maybe I should be a prepared member of this podcast. Well, while you're becoming prepared, what fear are you facing this week? Or what's on your mind? Yeah, it's not always a fear. I think what's on my mind is like going into this fast and just being committed for 20 days and not having the temptation around and all of that. Um... So that's what I'm facing this week. Mm. This week coming, I'm just remembering like why I was committed and what I was doing, um, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I'm facing this week is the challenge to allow my mindset to align with where God has brought me. Mm. And when I say that, I mean, like, there are places that you arrive in life through the grace of God to my belief. And if you're not careful, you'll bring the mindsets that you had, like survival or defensiveness or even a poverty mindset, which there's actually very interesting research that I will not go on a tangent about, about how people's, like, depending upon your perception of how you live and where you live, your IQ will actually drop. Like, it's really interesting. Um, And that's not attached to money. That's attached to mindset, just to be clear. Um, All of that to say that I'm not concerned that my IQ is necessarily dropping, but I think I'm having this concern. (laughs) Where this conversation was going. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. (laughs) But it's one of those things where it's like, I'm honestly sitting back and looking at myself and saying, hey, are the thoughts that you think about yourself, are the thoughts that you think about where you are and what your future will look like, do they align with and allow for you to fully receive everything that God has for you? Hmm. And so I'm really pushing myself to like deal with my like imposter syndrome or like my like anxiety, like those things that we tend to just kind of decide to live with because hey, everybody's got problems. It's like, yeah, I will have problems, but I want to be aware of them and I want to have power over them, if that makes sense. Yeah, how are you um, doing those things? Um, so imposter syndrome wise, honestly, just really like uh, meditating on the word, so music is a big thing for me. I will say that Maverick Music and Elevation Worship just dropped a joint album and their song, Wait uh, wait On You, Wait For You, literally it brings me to tears because you said what? Songs to, you just make up like words and titles to things. Called I'm Wait On You. Thank you very much, Wait On You. <laughs> Wait on the Lord in the time of need where you fast in on the third day. That would have been the title to the song. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if you haven't heard it, you should really listen to it because it literally like I've been having these thoughts and this song dropped yesterday or today. And it really just affirmed everything where it's like, 
I'll wait on you even if the world tries to push me, even if it seems like I'm behind, I'll wait on you because like basically when I wait on you, I get strength. When I wait on you, I get enlightenment, I get I get empowerment, I, I'm aligned with your will. And so I think that's one piece. And then also, and I've been having this conversation with myself, but looking into like going back to therapy just to see if there are other if there are other strategies that I can use that I'm not aware of, that I'm not currently using. Like I do, I meditate. I try to make sure that I like um, give myself some quiet time without a phone so I can like sleep peacefully, try to sleep, try to wake up slow, like those kinds of things. Giving myself that time, but also looking externally for support where I can get it. Yeah, because there's deeper processing to that. Yeah. Everybody needs a therapist. Everybody needs a therapist. Oh, that'll probably be my thing for the next couple of weeks. So I'll just give you updates on that. <laughs> All right. So our first member of Sense Community Church this week, I want to bring to the table, is the actual pastor here in the local D.C. area who was um, brought up on charges for making fraudulent purchases in the name of a PPP loan um, and bought what says to be 39 cars, including a Tesla in the um, tax report. So this week, um, we'll leave the name out because it is very local and very, um, I know people who've been to this church. <laughs> um, the pastor um, is now facing up to 20 years in prison after he was arrested for $1.5 million worth of charges that came from a paycheck protection programs if anybody doesn't know what a ppp loan is um so an article from um, our information released from the um, department of justice says that he was arrested earlier this month um and they seized 2.2 million dollars that he's um deposited in various banks accounts um, and they were also found that he bought a 2018 Tesla Model 3, a 2017 Mercedes-Benz S-Class, two 2017 um, Infiniti QX or Q50s, a 20, um, 2015 Cadillac Escalade, um, and several other cars in here. Um, several models of older cars. At least he was buying brand new cars. Um, <laughs> he is the owner of a car shop, so that's why these cars have been bought. Um, but at the end of the day, the money was not used appropriately for what the loan says it was used. Um, sir, I just people didn't know they were watching that money. That's like the lady who got the PPP loan and then went on vacation. Like we see, we see. Hello. This is why people don't, people don't trust pastors. Yeah. Yeah. For things just like this. 
I don't even know how to bring this to the church. Like, how would you bring this to the church and be like, mm. okay, I got an angle. I got an angle. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. <clears throat> so, so often in the church, we tend to put pastors on pedestals and deify okay. them and believe that they are beyond reproach. We do. And so we can bring this brother to the church and ask the church to see him as a human, not excusing what he did at all. Actually, I don't know. Let me think about this. Angelique. <laughs> I'm trying to like, but I, but honestly for like, that could be a, a good argument about like where your faith and your trust lies and how your faith and trust needs to lie and like the actual God. You Jesus. That's true. I don't think that if your pastor mess up, that needs to bring your faith to Jesus. That might just mean you need to be shepherded by another uh, another, um, another herder, another, another shepherd. Herder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a new flock, but you, you definitely your faith should not be uh, wiltered by you know your pastor messing up because they are human. We do put them on pedestal and all this other pr- pressure. They are people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, Angle. I, I speaking of that, I this did, is just not a wise life choice. <laughs> it really wasn't. Twenty years is a long time. Very long. Just like. Yeah, yeah, like. So when when not when you go to jail, well, I mean that's what it's looking like here, sir. We'll get you some financial literacy classes. Um, we'll provide you that. Um, <laughs> you can connect with the internal prison ministry. Um, Stop it. He don't need no financial literacy classes. He knows what to do with money. He need a morality class. He does not class. if he was caught. <laughs> <laughs> not literate if you were caught okay <laughs> and people who do things the right way don't have to be caught because you're doing things the right way yeah yeah because the bbp loan is for like payroll for like people yeah, yeah. okay know the things like if you cannot cover your payroll so you get a ppp loan and then you can cover your payroll with that and then you pay back the loan mm-hmm. 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 poor tank tank he just tank tanking i did see to your point about like faith in god and not and like people there was this thing i saw on facebook today where it was like um a lot of people leave the church because of being hurt by religious people but religious people hated jesus so maybe you should believe in the person in the in 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 jesus instead of the religious folk who even i don't know i'm not i'm delivering it incorrectly but you see where i'm coming from i know where you're going pastor i received it um so what we're going we're going to offer this pastor a nice new bible um not the message version the king james version so he can really read that thoroughly 20 years to get through that with all the these and thous Exactly, and um, a concordance, a good, a nice, um, uh, strong concordance, and you know, you go through that, and you really learn how to use your money appropriately. And that's okay. We're gonna offer him a prison ministry out of the PPP loan, like just random thoughts that go through my <laughs> You think he died on the PPP loan? <laughs> I don't because it's his private business, so I don't know. Just, just ignore me. I like the things that go on in my head. It, just ignore me. What, who else is in this community? 
the second member of Sense Community Church. I feel like everybody this week needs to be in the church. The whole the whole taking notes sections is about the church. Mm. Everybody needs to have a sit down service. Come to Jesus. The second um, member of Sense Community Church is I know you don't watch much much ratchet TV as I do, um, but is Mendices. Um, so, who is Mendices? I knew you were gonna say that. Is he a rapper? Yeah, uh, that love and hip hop stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Good job, good job, good job. I'm proud of you. Um, so. Um, in the COVID era, um, love and hip hop has now become a marriage um, boot camp show for whatever reason. Um, so they were having a conversation. And for those who do not know, Mendeecees went to jail and Yandy stayed with him. Um, um, I can't remember how long he went for jail, but to jail, but it was some good amount of years and held her and she held him down, raised the kids, all of that, blah, blah, blah. So in the conversation, basically what homeboy was saying is that he doesn't know that he, if, um, the roles were reversed, that he would do the same things that she did and hold her down. Um, My response to that was like, I would have, I would have gone after him right there in that moment in this <laughs> while we are, we're talking and all of our little cute celebrity friends are watching us have this conversation in the middle of the circle. That's where you, I would have like beat you to a pulp. And then I thought about it, like, then I would be in jail for murder. But then I was like, no, I would probably beat you right into the point where you were like holding on for your life. So like I will get assault charges. Um, and then while you're holding on for your life, I'll be in jail. And then you would have to hold me down um, and raise our kids and the roles would be reversed. Uh, do we need to cut this out? Because <laughs> very calculated. <laughs> <laughs> that was off the dome <laughs> I mean very thorough like from start to finish um you know are they married mm-hmm mm-hmm oh then I can I don't know you have two kids and then she like raised his like random child not his random child but he, like in the <laughs> when he was in jail and they were still recording love and hip-hop she, um he he start she started raising his other child you know i i try really hard not to tell other people how to live their lives and run their relationships because my favorite saying is you don't have to wake up i i don't have to wake up next to him so you be great but wait there's more <laughs> Homeboy came back to the Instagram community. Like, this is where we get our news for. Oh, no. And I like this because he started the message with good afternoon Instagram. Mm. Like, the CNN or something. press release. It's a press release. And he said, "Um, FYI, I never said I would have held Andy down. I felt like I just didn't want to say what everyone wanted me to say because it sounded good and salacious. What what I meant was you don't know what you'll do until you are in that situation and they become 
and then the, you become those circumstances and you figure it out. I believe action speaks louder than words and love conquers all. And if anybody knows me, they know I love my family. Sir. Um, so like, that sounds like the same kind of argument. Where, like if your house is on fire, I don't know if I'm, a, I don't know if I'm gonna call the fire department. I don't know if I'm put it out. We go see. And then being like, I just said that because, you know, I didn't want to say what the people wanted me to say. That is common sense, sir. This is my vows now. Do you have to put that in your vows? If I go to jail, you hold me down. It's there. I, it says for better or for worse. Like I think you need to put a clause. It's worse. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> you hold me down. That's in your vows. So what I'm offering Mendices is some marriage counseling um, with your pastor who's also in jail. Yeah. But also just like on a real tip, like bring, I don't know what the woman's name is, but also like her, because I feel like, and this is not a, a, a slight on her or on him, like it's just really just something to observe is like people will treat you the way that you allow them. Mm. And I learned very early, my parent, my dad and my mom used to tell me this all the time. It's like, you better start out how you can hold out. So literally like when you enter the relationship is not the time for you to be like, oh, that's okay. That's fine. Because in those first couple of months, you are setting the groundwork for how somebody will treat you for the rest of the relationship that you have with them. Mm -hmm. And can you grow? Yes. Can you change? Yes. But that person has to also be willing to grow and change. And so I, and again, probably to my own defensiveness and like whatever, but I am very much a person who I'll set the parameters out here and then I'll be the person to be like, oh, I'll let you in like slowly. And then it seems like a really great treat instead of something that I have to take back from you. Like, which, you know, to each their own. But I just really feel for her in terms of her thinking that like, this is the kind of relationship that she deserves. Um, I think she was definitely hurt and I feel like that's probably what she deserves. I would say that there were probably signs of that behavior even before they made the statement. It's just we choose to believe what we want to believe and uh, you know we're not in their marriage. We don't know all of that but I would be very sure to bet on the fact that there was features of this behavior or that statement before he made it publicly because he was comfortable enough to say it on national television. Which means he said it before some kind of way. He said it before some kind of way. But again, like people go into relationships thinking that they can change somebody. Or I believe I was having a conversation with somebody last week and I was like, don't you dare fall in love with potential because potential could be potential in 20 or 30 years. You better fall in love with a promise with some, with some ambition, with some action. You have to see some action. This is, again, this is why the old people say you got to see somebody for four seasons yeah. to see what's actually happening. Hello? Really, like, you know. Can you follow through? Can you fix the porch light when I ask you to fix the porch light? Or is it still going to be broken in fall when I ask you in spring? I won't know that if by fall we together for forever. And I four seasons, at least. At least. At least. I think I'm a good, like, 10. Stop it. Stop. Look at you counting. I couldn't count that quick. 
<laughs> so yes. So sis, um, yeah. And I pray for the children. Bring the children in too. Bring the children. That kind of a role model, especially if they have male sons, like role model for. They do have parents. Parents. You know, you said what? They do have um, sons. Yeah, just that they will learn to treat their wives the way that Jesus treated the church, and He died for the church. So you can't you you telling me you can't uh, hold it down while she in prison? You ain't got to die. I guess you do have to die, but that's a spiritual death, and we ain't going there today. Anyway, shovel. Okay, I told you. I feel like everybody's gonna be in the church this week. This that's where everybody's gonna be. Okay. This next story, I, I couldn't even understand it because it sounded so Florida to me. Uh, it sounded like Florida. Like, it just sounds Florida. Um, so, a private school in Florida, the head of the school it's, um, um, said that she is not allowing any of her teachers to get vaccinated this year and fear that it will infect the children. Miseducation is a very dangerous thing, and this is why my mother homeschooled, because this is some foolishness. I don't think that's the reason for homeschooling. Not this specifically. But, like, it's a lot for me to trust you with my child. And, like, you can't even, like, this is a basic. You're teaching my child. The $30,000 a year school for middle school. Middle school. That is tuition. For college, yeah. For college. I did not pay $30,000 a year to go to college. Me neither. <laughs> Don't rub it in. Student loan debt is real, okay? Um, $30,000 a year to go to this school and you're telling them that they cannot be vaccinated because it's going to infect the children? It's the belief that if you have the vaccine, then you have the virus within you and then you can infect other people with COVID. I saw that study where it talked about the fact that there's been some preliminary research around antibodies being transferred between people. Like if somebody has the vaccine, they can transfer antibodies. But that's actually what you would want the kids to have, especially in Florida. <laughs> the whole thing with the uh, vaccine is that there is not a live virus into you. They do not put a live virus into you when you get any vaccine. You know, reading is fundamental. <laughs> This is the head of schools. She is the head of the school. For the founder, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. But everybody kept saying that the FDA hasn't approved, but the FDA has said, the article says the FDA has said that it's safe to be safe and effective. That's just something random. Like, I, that's interesting that this article says that, but I don't know. I don't know. I pray for everybody sending their kids back to school because I know it's a stressful situation regardless of whether people are vaccinated or not. But like in this situation, making the intentional decision 
that like the things that I could do to protect children, I will not do. Thanks. You can still cut that check. We take Bitcoin. Like <laughs> what? I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Do not get it. Um, please research before you educate your kids. Where you're educating them, where you're educating them is very important. I mean, just research before you open your mouth. Like at least, at least, like, like, like an article. You know, maybe we should do that one episode. Talk about like, because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to find reliable sources. Like that is a lost art. The mm-hmm. art of knowing what is a reliable source and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where do you learn that? I was going to say you learn that in school. <laughs> you think. But if you don't go to the right school. <laughs> then you never learn that. Or it's... Uh, subjective and people are like you know Breitbart News is a is a good and reputable news source so yeah yeah I don't know but people need need to need to know need to know all right that's why everybody was in the church because just like everybody needs prayer and support and time um with the Lord so um you know we're doing a prayer call at the end of the service, everybody can come in and get it because clearly people out here needing it. Mm-hmm. Out here needing it. Um, but last but not least, our TikTok moment of the week. We had two, and I kind of really decide. So I think I'm going to do both. Okay. So the one I sent you was about um, this person talking about being called too sensitive. Oh. Yeah. So basically in this video, this person is having a conversation with themselves and they're like, you know, you know, all the time we hear that we're too sensitive, right? Like, and that you need to adjust to uh, your sensitivity to the way people are responding to you. But on the flip side, we would never tell our hand that it's feeling too much. If I touch the fire and it's, you know, my hand is burning, you want to say like, hand, you're reacting the wrong way, you know? You need to react a different way. No, you would just feel the burn. And he was talking about like, you know, what if we just responded the way when we feel these things and we feel sensitivity to certain things, what if we just responded and realized that this is actually a response I'm having and maybe it's communicating something to me about what I'm receiving from the other person rather than taking it and interpreting as something I need to change because I am too sensitive. And I thought that was like... Gospel. Sir. Bravo. Yeah, I saw that. And when you sent it to me and I was watching it, I was like, ooh, like literally all I could say was like, ooh, like be and because so often you teach kids, like I can think, and not you, not me, but like thinking about how you race is like, you're okay, just brush it off. Like you're fine, like it's okay. Like, oh, he didn't hurt your feelings for real. Oh, why are you tattletelling? Oh, what? Like all of these barriers or boundaries that kids put up very early instinctively mm-hmm. that we kind of push back on. And no, you don't want your kid to 
be a tattletale, I guess. But like, what does that even mean? Like, I guess you know what a tattletale means. You don't <laughs> be that kid that stitches on everybody. But if you're doing something bad, tell me. <laughs> let me know. You, I, I, we'll figure out what I do with the information. But Sometimes you just need to resolve that stuff between you and your little peer, okay? I can't resolve everything for you. Yeah. And this is coming from me, who I used to work with kindergartners. And I used to be like, look, okay, let me tell you what needs to come to Miss Adrian and what doesn't, okay? <laughs> yeah, I was a completely different, like, kindergarten teacher. I'd be like, you all talked it out. Okay, well, let's mediate. Let's go to the circle. So then one kid would sit over here and the other kid would sit over here and I'd be like, well, what are you saying? Okay, what are you saying? We're a better kindergarten teacher. Okay. I was like, look, that's not something Miss Adrian can handle, okay? You need to talk to little Deontay over there about it. If it's not resolved, come back to me. But I got three other issues over here, Okay. <laughs> But I did like the TikTok though. I did because I feel like that's something I'm going to keep in mind when I do eventually or have kids or decide to have kids. Like, of like if they're uncomfortable with what somebody said or what how something hit them, like it doesn't really matter how I feel about it. Like, and it's not my place to tell them how to feel about it. It's my place to honor their feelings because I feel like a lot of that and I think that maybe even said in the TikTok is about how that then causes children to second guess themselves and can lead to like low self-esteem because it's like I feel these things but I shouldn't feel these things or somehow this is inappropriate I shouldn't feel these like so it's I, I don't want my kids to question to trust our intuition That's yeah um so like saying oh you should be you shouldn't be sensitive or something like that meaning that the what experiencing my feelings is not appropriate and in yeah. reality, experiencing your um emotions is very appropriate and I think we do so much work on the back end of like teaching people to experience and express their emotions if we just taught it right from the beginning it's okay to experience and express those emotions and how to appropriately experience and express those emotions yes that's a good point yeah (laughs) we have to undo everything that it was done in childhood like we just did it right from the jump that's interesting I like that what was the other tiktok you had the other TikTok was the one you sent me. Oh, it was? Controversial statement that this man was making about a good woman costs, um, comes with a cost. Oh. oh, yeah. Do you want to just explain basic? I don't know if I remember it. Explain it. <laughs> you know what? Go ahead if you want to explain it. Oh, so basically he was saying like, um if you want a good woman you're gonna have to invest in a good woman and like you're gonna have to invest your time you're gonna have to invest your effort you're gonna have to ask questions you're gonna have to be present you're gonna have to take her on dates you're gonna take her on vacation a good woman costs don't be coming to the table broke trying to get a good woman like and broke in the sense of not being able to like sip well he meant monetarily i feel like in some ways but then also yeah but then also in like not being able to provide those like uh social and emotional supports that are necessary to keep a like to have this good woman so yeah and i as i was listening to it it's like i hear what you're saying like you're 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 in the state but you're not in the neighborhood like we're <laughs> like it's woo, like yeah. 
I, I think what he was trying to communicate is like it costs effort to have a good woman. And with that effort, that might include financial support mm-hmm. or not like financial support, but like having the means to provide these things. But you can provide all the things that a good quote unquote good woman needs without like finances. Like those are things that support and things of that nature, I don't think are always the the financial piece. So I kind of understand what he was saying, but what are you thinking about? I don't know, like finances play a role, but they're not the predominant role. And I feel like that's because like traditionally, like in dating and romantic, like in dating and romantic relationships, at least like the way that I grew up, it was one of those things where traditionally, no, this is not the way that things actually pan out, but traditionally the man should at least be able to like be able to in some way sustain or improve the lifestyle that your parents have been able to give you. Like that's always been the way that I, and and that didn't mean I was like, oh, well, what'd you make last year or da 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 da. But it meant that like love doesn't necessarily pay bills. And so like there are a lot of people who and love isn't the only thing that makes a successful relationship. Like lo- like marriage in and of itself, the 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 institution of marriage is also like an, a business of sorts. And so like there are other skills and things that you need to be able to bring to the table in addition to love and compatibility and all these things that are like fuzzy to make it actually work. So like I don't think he was necessarily wrong in saying like, yeah, finance, like you need to have your finances and your stuff together before you come talking about some, hey, I want to like link to link up with you. Cause like that'll affect your credit score. You try to buy a house and do something with somebody else. Your credit score dropped for no reason. But I think that he was wrong in saying that he made it seem like a transaction, like a very transactional thing where you could, if you get to this certain level of money or whatever, that now you are entitled to a, a good woman or whatever. And that to me felt off. Mm-hmm. But going think- back to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, going back to what we said earlier, like, it's like, also, it's like, I don't know, this sounds really bad, but it's true. It's like, my daddy spoiled me. I don't want to not be spoiled just because I'm in love. Like, (laughs) I think for me, like, no, I definitely was spoiled. I think for me, the concept was like, everybody being able to maintain their self on, maintain yourself on your own first. So you're able to pay all your bills, your rent, your your uh, car, you know, um, you know, your insurance all on your own. That other person was still able to do that self on their own. And when you come together, you increase by, you know, splitting those bills. So I don't think it was the more of like, you need to maintain my lifestyle more, but I need to make sure that you can maintain your own self and know how to take care of your own self before we come together and make that partnership. Um, and then that would be the increase. So, um, I think that's just like a different concept that I have there. Yeah. And I think both are very, I don't think they're as far apart as they may seem mostly because like, and as my like parents said that they also said like, Hey, you need to be able to like do these things for yourself. You need to be able to like work and sustain yourself. But 
yeah i think the difference may be like the framing of it and also just my personal beliefs around it like um but yeah that, that's interesting very interesting mm. are you done being a weird old woman nothing no i would yeah i mean i was just thinking about it Okay. All right, we'll move on from that. Um, actually, that's all I had for this week. Okay. Well, um, the mental excellence that I have for this week kind of ties in with what I was talking about earlier, which is to participate in like meditation as a practice. Like, so I know, I think we've talked about mindfulness and like what mindfulness is. Mm -hmm. um, but if you haven't um, heard about that, I'll talk about meditation and how it fits into mindfulness. So like where mindful meditation is basically where you like take a second out of your day to really take a step back and unplug from everything and really learn how to pay attention to your body and to yourself. And I think that's very important because um, in my reading as I was preparing for this, like it was talking about the fact that some studies estimate as much as 95% of our day-to-day -day actions are on autopilot. So like, we know what we're gonna do, we're gonna do this, this, and like, we pretty much have predicted our day. Like you go a certain way to work, you only have a couple of options for lunch, whatever, like, you know, and I don't know if you've ever zoned out driving home, but it's literally because you're braining your body on autopilot. And so mindfulness, especially mindful meditation is a great opportunity for you to reconnect to yourself. And to really, if you are spiritual, if you do believe, if you do have like a religion or a faith that you practice to take that time to meditate, because meditation can be a spiritual practice. It can be a, um, just like a, a, a stress reliever. It can be a mental exercise in terms of seeing how long you can in fact meditate and strengthening that skill. So there are a lot of different things that you can do with meditation. Um, some benefits of meditation are, it can lower your stress. It can allow you to connect better with other people because if you're aware of what your reactions are to different things or how you feel, like once, look, when you're actually allowing yourself the opportunity to reconnect with yourself, you're then able to better um, communicate that to other people. So one of the things that I was, literally somebody told me today is like the first thing that you need to do um, in a leadership role or in these, or in a high power role is to really face your own insecurities. Because once you really pay attention to who you are, there's very little that somebody else can tell you about yourself. Um, you can also improve your focus through meditation as well as reduce brain chatter. So as somebody who always has somebody on their mind, some always has something on my mind. Um, meditation is a very great way for me to be able to take a step back to really just sit and just be. I really love doing it and also just sometimes the revelations that come as a result of it. And so here's one like process for meditation that you could do. It could be taking a seat. Sometimes I lay down, like whatever really feels best for you to set a time limit. So sometimes you can meditate for as short as like a minute to five minutes 
to like 30 minutes or an hour or hours it really depends and you can work yourself up to that like there's sometimes meditation retreats there's a really cool one in arizona where it's like you just spend the weekend meditating um you can notice you begin to like notice your body so like really just feeling where you are in your state and position and um some people report being able to feel like certain pain in their body that they didn't know was there because they had never taken a breath to realize like oh i'm feeling these things like i'm feeling this about myself it also talks about feeling your breath and noticing when your mind begins to wander during this process so i think that that's something really big because a lot of times people will think that they're failing at meditation because their brain is wandering and the thing that I really appreciate about this is that they highlight being kind to your wandering mind. So not judging yourself, not being upset about wandering, but just kind of just just coming back to like feeling and being present in the moment instead of like ridiculing yourself like, oh, I'm so bad at this because that's it's your own spiral within what's supposed to be a, a peaceful and relaxing time. You can pray during this time. You can really talk to God during this time. Meditation for me is, and even the word talks about meditating um, on the word, meditating on the spirit. You can take a scripture in and just like think upon that and like meditate on that. Really powerful revelations. And then also closing with kindness. So like noticing any sounds in the environment, thanking yourself for allowing yourself to have that time and being in touch with your thoughts and emotions. And then also remembering that it's a practice. So it's something that you want to set a schedule for. Do on a semi-consistent, consistent basis. And honestly, that's something I'm still working on. But the practice of meditation is definitely something that is beneficial and empowering, especially as we work to be bosses over fear. What you think? Good job. <laughs> you always say that. You want to take my job? Who, me? Yeah. Nah, you are the therapist in this friendship, my friend. I'm looking for a new gig. Like, um, mindfulness has been something that I've been, actually, um, I've been teaching a lot of mindfulness lately, um, which has caused me to realize, like, how disconnected I have been from my meditation and things of that nature. Um, so I do um, try to get back to, or I want to try to get back to meditating daily, like in the morning. Um, I think I've said this before, I get up at 4.30 when I go to the gym. Um, so that's been throwing me off um, and school and stuff of that nature. But you definitely notice the difference when you're in a space where you, and you have the time to meditate um, and just have um, clarity um, before you start your day or when you're ending your day, um, those are things. But you know, there's there's mindfulness practices that you can use at any time during the day, um, and it, it is a way for us to one be aware of what we're thinking, um, and that's a large piece of you know um, of a cognitive behavioral therapy because um, you have to have awareness of the thoughts that you are having um, in order to really understand, um, you know where your thoughts are going and how you get to these thoughts that you're having and changing the thoughts that you are having. So we have control of our minds, even though we think we don't, we just have to learn how to um, grasp control over those things. So, huh. Love it. Love it. And so I know you said you wanted to talk about our love story today. <laughs> 
So are we going to do this Martin and Gina style where like you tell it and like I interrupt with what really happened or? I did not tell it accurately. (laughs) We'll see. Why would I not? Whatever. So (laughs) one day this weird girl walks in. No, I'm sorry. Um, you meant every word. <laughs> I kind of did, but I'll give it back. So it's 2014. When did I arrive? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. It was 2014. Yeah, it was 2014 because I graduated high school in 2011. Yeah. Graduated high school in 2011. Yeah, I graduated a year early, and then I took a year and just played around, took extra classes in community college. Yeah. That was actually the longest it's ever taken me to get a degree. Every other degree I graduated with in two years. Bachelor's, master's, and PhD, two years. The longest degree it's ever taken me to get is my associates. (laughs) What? Okay, anyways, the fall of 2014, um, I had been in school for years now. At this point, I think I was just going to classes, living life. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, we were, I was, we were juniors in school. So pretty much at that point in life, things are established. Um, and you pretty much know everybody in your major. So, so the first day of classes, I can't think, I want to say, I can't think of what class it was. I want to say it was like histories and systems. It may have been, but I feel like we took that in the spring. That was a spring class. Maybe. Anyways, so walk into class and there's this unfamiliar face sitting in her black black and white polka dot dress, halter. So overdressed for the first day of school. My God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sitting in the corner on her laptop, right in the front of the class. It was like the corner, but it was the front. Yep. And I'm like, who is this chick? So don't really pay any mind. Just again, living my life. (laughs) Um, And the way we had learned to uh, live our lives in our major is to do group work because, you know, that's how everybody survives in college. Uh, (laughs) So somehow, um, Angelique got the invite to this this moment where we're doing group work. And then I'm really like, who is this chick? Because I don't know you. So, comes to find out she's smart, and I'm like, okay, we can keep her around. Like, she gave us the answers, whatever. Um, no, 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 no. You're skipping. What? Do you remember? So, the way that I got invited to that group work was um, Dr. Perino actually told Dr. Hodges that I, she thought I would be good for her cohort. And so I had like this meeting with Dr. Hodges, was talking to her or whatever. And then she invited me to come to whatever, or no, was it Janisha? Somehow one, I think both happened, but they had both mentioned it. And so I came, but I remember being there and that was like that same day or like that same week. 
And I was there and I was talking to y'all and y'all were like, you were at cohort. I was at cohort that first week and you all were talking about testing somebody new in or like interviewing somebody new. And I was like, Ooh, what are we going to ask them? <laughs> and everybody just looked at me like, you just got here. <laughs> you are the new girl. <laughs> yes, I did forget. So then, yes. And then she got invited to study group, um, which was really, you know, how are we all going to pass this test? you know, group. Um, and it was like, it was always like 15 of us who at least, you know, came together. And somewhere in the rotation, it was like 12 or 15 of us that were always there. Um, so figured out she was smart. So I was like, okay, I won't really give any pushback. Um, never really had a conversation with her, but kind of got some arrogance. So I was like, hmm, who is wow. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So you kind of got some arrogance, and then what? And I was like, "Who is she?" Um, and the friend that Angelique chose, who shall not be named, um, shall remain nameless. I was neither a fan of, um, so that also put me in a place of not really wanting to be best of friends. Really nice about this, you did not like me. <laughs> You decided not to like me without ever talking to me. To be mindful of the company that you keep, okay? <laughs> like, literally, I remember Adrian, and, like, she was so nice. And, like, you know, everybody was talking to her. And, like, I tried to say some things to her. And, like, every time, just eye roll. Like, what? <laughs> what did I do to you? I was not eye-rolling you. <laughs> and then, like, it was very clicky. So I was like, well, there's only one person who's really being nice to me. So we'll be He was also new. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> so technically, none of this would have happened if you had just been nice and friendly. <laughs> But anyway, so you were you had decided that you is that a part of my mo to be nice and friendly? Not at that point, we've changed some things over the years. But <laughs> so back to like you hating me. <laughs> I hate you. I just wasn't a fan. I didn't feel like like it was nice to have you around. You knew how to do statistics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's when you were like, oh, <laughs> you remember exactly what she said in class, huh? <laughs> Do it again, do it again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, she can add some value to the group, whatever. Um, we won't write her off. And then somehow we ended up on the same research project together. No, that was a big skip. Something else happened in that. So I, all that was like fall semester. What and research project are you talking about? where we went on our great tour of the East Coast. You're talking about our senior year? Oh no, before that, that summer, we had a mutual friend who, who really was cool with me and who was really cool with you, but you didn't want to hang out with me. And so she was like, oh, come on. She's really cool. She's great. And she cooked uh, Caribbean food. Well, you, I mean, you're going to get me with Caribbean food. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, you're right. So that summer, I stayed there all summer and worked and took classes. You're right. Yeah. And our mutual friend brought us together and um, I was like, okay. Um, and then, you know, Angie fed me. So I was like, okay, she has hospitality. Um, there's a point for her. <laughs> And then very early, you and Darren just teamed up and were like bullying. Like y'all just like were very much like just brother and sister from the start. For those who do not know, Darren is my long lost friend. I'm actually really friends with Darren. I just hang out with Angie on the side. <laughs> None of this feels like a lie. Keep going. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that summer we spent together, it was a romantic love um, that grew. Um, not Darren. <laughs> yes, that was with you, not with Darren. Um, <laughs> this is the only time I will admit that Darren came before me. Mm. Um, For the record. I mean, like, I knew you, I just didn't like you technically you knew me two three months before he did but he decided to like me before you did okay well he just decided that you were quality before i did <laughs> <laughs> i have a different process <laughs> i also wasn't trying to date you so there although you know, i was in these anyways go ahead yeah yeah Take a record of that so your kids know who you were. <laughs> At 1700 uh, East Cold Spring Lane. Um, yes, I will always know that address. Um, yeah, so all summer. And I think it was like towards the middle of the summer, we actually went out to eat together. Here we go, Bahama Breeze. Mm. Oh. Painkillers at that place got me through college. <laughs> Not actually, I'm gonna stop being dramatic, but that used to be my place because half off drinks and apps. Bruh. Yeah, what time of the day was that? What time of the day were we at Bahama Breeze? Dude, I don't even know. We would just be like, okay, we ain't got school class for another three hours. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Middle of the day. <laughs> You feel like it was the middle of the day. We off of free. I like to that they get back to class by four o'clock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think we were in the same class. But yeah, no, I remember that. This I, I passed all my classes and I got my degree, so that's all that matters. Okay. Same. <laughs> the boy Bahama Breeze was the spot. I miss Bahama Breeze. Is there one around here? There's one in Virginia somewhere. We should go. Yeah. I don't know if it's still open. Anyways, I'm not going to derail you from your story. I'm going to do a quick Google search. And I just said I'm going on a fast, so it ain't going to be till the end of this month. That's fair. Oh, it's still open. Oh, it's still open. Look at God. It's, it closes at, at midnight. Nine o'clock. I know. I'm not driving to Woodbridge tonight, but another day. Yeah, you got to go to Hoodbridge in the day, anyways. Um, <laughs> Dead. So, 
I made her acquaintance. I was became more friendly, if you would say. And um, we came back to fall classes. Mm-hmm. Senior year, you were a part of cohort. Mm-hmm. And we um, started our senior projects. What was your research on? Um, it was on something very similar because we both had an amazing mentor. It was on uh, social problem solving skills and how that impacts performance in math for uh, undergraduate students of color. Okay. Um, my first one was on transracial adoptions. Um, outcomes for uh, mental health for children of transracial adoptions. And then we looked at same-sex adoptions of um, same-sex marriages that um, adopt transracial children and looked at mental health outcomes for them. That was my first two projects. And then my last project was for um, self-efficacy within American women in the STEM field. Wait, we did another one together. Math anxiety. Yes. I'm talking about all the research that we did in undergrad because I did other, I'm talking about my capstone project. Yeah, I did three different capstone projects. Oh. (laughs) I had to do uh, uh, with that because I was the, the NIH grant I was under there's a whole bunch more extra work yeah I didn't have that but I did three other projects you're lit um yeah so then somehow we ended up on this project together for the professor I was a research assistant for somebody dropped out huh somebody dropped out that's how I ended up on it because it was like at the last minute and she was like I don't remember who. <laughs> I don't know what she was talking about. Okay, so somebody dropped out. You were doing it with somebody because I remember because our mentor came to us and was like, hey, um, you know Adrian, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know her. It's like, well, she really wants to like work on this project. You should work on it with her. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> point she loved me she liked me she wanted to be a part of my club it's fine um, I have my own club <laughs> I have my mind I have my own club oh I'm yeah okay. by that time we were cool because I had started going to the a and q prayer circles okay so you came to prayer circle mm-hmm. um yeah we were cool by then um but then I was forced to spend time with you in an academic setting. Wow. And how was that? It was stressful. We got a lot done, though, didn't we? Angelique <laughs> is the most ADHD having smart ass that you will ever meet. And I mean that in the nicest way. Mm-hmm. And she just has a very particular way of doing things that you have to be prepared for. And I was not prepared for <laughs> So we did that. Um, we finished our projects and we 
um, submitted them to all these different conferences. Oh, this is my favorite part of the story. <sighs> there was a whole bunch of other, you know, as I, as this is coming back to me, there was some drama in here. Cause remember we took that long walk around the parking lot that time. What? No, about what? Because we were stressed out about something and we started talking about like- I mean, that sounds me about taking a walk around the parking lot, but- Yeah, we did. Oh, I remember. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell you about that later, but- Was it about a person? No. Hold on. Okay. I don't want to put your business all out there like that. I don't care about my business. Everybody knows I almost did not graduate because of Latin. It was a thing. I found out in Macy's that I was graduating and I cried. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. I had to pause it for a second. But what it was is we walked around the parking lot and then we like had that conversation and I gave you an encouraging scripture and it happened to be your favorite scripture. And that was really the moment where I was like, hmm, we're going to be more than just friends. Call that was towards the end because that wasn't towards, I didn't know I wasn't graduating to like that. Like a week before uh, graduation. There, there. Um, okay. Take so that towards the end. So then we submit all of our research to all these different poster conferences, and we get accepted into all of them. Who said we should do that? Yeah. So, in a side note, I also had to travel to Boston. Do you remember this? I had to travel to Boston with your um, homegirl, and my car broke down. Um, yes and then that's how I got the Volvo because my parents drove the car the Volvo to um oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I did that one week came back and then the next week I had the Volvo and then we drove towards Virginia we had a presentation at BSU was it BS, yeah, we did because we both did our individual presentations, and then our co our our collective presentation got accepted because we and it was cool because both of our they got accepted as talks, not poster presentations. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we traveled to Campbell University in South Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, one of them, the Carolinas. Yeah. First of all, don't ever take a road trip with Angie. Look here, we got there and back, didn't we? <laughs> she falls asleep, she ain't no fun. Then she wake up and ask you if you okay. I'm like, you asleep, I'm fine. And then she offered to drive and I'm like, no, you don't fell asleep for the whole trip. How am I, how are we gonna drive? I am well rested, that's why I can drive. I would not trust you. Also, Angie can't drive. No I can drive. Also, can I just say about those, about those road trips, so I have a really bad habit. And I feel like it's from childhood because when I wouldn't sleep as a child, my parents would put me in the car and drive me around and put me to sleep. If you really want me to go to sleep, it's really it's really not even being in the car. It's not being able to do anything else. And so the moment that I can't do anything else, my body is like, all right, we're going to steal this moment and go to sleep. Good night. <laughs> That's what really happened. But yeah, I was knocked out. I don't even remember how we got there. I just remember like waking up. I drove from Maryland. To North Carolina with her sleep, y'all. I was knocked. That was the best. Okay, I, on the way down, we we stopped in Virginia, but that was like far out Virginia. So that it was, was. It was at least five hours. We were almost in North Carolina by then. We were almost in North Carolina. 
we did where do we stop we didn't stop at a wawa but it was one of them little win dixies or something like that down there dixie that's deep um (laughs) (laughs) cookout we did get cookout that was bomb love a good cookout give me a cherry cheer wine love that it is not it's not alcoholic just like not that it matters but you can't get alcohol from cookout but then we went to some place and all i remember is i have fallen asleep and all you did was drive down the street <laughs> and you were like we're here let's get some food before we head back and i was like all right cool fine whatever so um we go in and they just had the best food that i don't even remember where it was but i just remember i got a whole bunch of snacks and ate i feel like it was like piggly piggly wiggly or something maybe it was piggly wiggly i don't know but um yeah that was cool i remember that that was great did we stay in the dorms when we went like we slept in the dorms overnight or something like that in a hotel room oh we did it just felt a lot like a dorm (laughs) (laughs) why did you say it like that because it did so yeah we did our presentation we each had a presentation and then we had a joint presentation in virginia and then from virginia we drove to north carolina did our presentations in north carolina i think we did we stay that night yeah i think we stayed that that night night. and then we came back we were gone for like a like a long time because we left right after we did the presentations at morgan for the the big symposium I thought we came back and did our presentation. Maybe. I don't even remember. I'd have to look at a calendar. We came back and then did our our um our capstone presentations. Oh yeah, because we did the awards and stuff. And I had yeah, you're right, you're right. Oh, it was really sweet that we're doing this. And my mom just sent us that picture. <laughs> Send us that picture. She's really cute. It's been this May will be six. Six. Oh my God, we're old. Stop. Don't say that. No, six years. Six years. Six years, because I've been with Darren for six years and I met you the same. It's actually been six and a half for us because I met you in the. That we've known each other. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were about to say six years since we graduated. No, it's been four years since then. Five. Going on five. Wait. We'll be five. It's, It's been some years. I don't know. They will be five. Yeah, because I've been out of school for a year and I was in grad school for four years. So yeah, uh, five. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But yeah, and then the rest is really history. I was really, honestly, though, I was concerned because like- rest is not history. It is. We graduated. I moved down here. Yeah, and let's talk about that. So from my perspective, I was like, Adrian is a really cool friend. I wonder where this is going to go. Huh. And then like she moved down here to branch. You were in Maryland. You were in yeah. And I remember we used to hang out and stuff like that. And then for a while you were talking about moving someplace else. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, we could still be friends. Like long distance friendship is a thing. And then, you know, I've just been like steady keeping you here with me. And now who knows what's next? We may both move someplace. I don't know. That's the plan. But then we both went to grad school together. That was fun. Is that what we call it? It was not fun. (laughs) It was just nice to cry with somebody. 
We did not physically go to the same schools. No, we were in it at the same time. That, yeah, if we went to the same schools, I think we would kill each other. Oh, yeah, especially at, at the high level of stress. Mm-mm. It was too much. So, yeah. Yeah. You my ride or die, homie. We've been through some things. We drive each other crazy sometimes. But the thing that I really appreciate about our friendship is the fact that no matter what happens, we can always talk about it. We can. Well, we had to get there. Yeah, of course, yeah. But that we've allowed each other to grow to that point. Andrew used to call me mean, y'all. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And you know why I know that saying is because Darren says it to me. He's like, it's really not what you say. There's nothing wrong with what you're saying. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> yeah. So we had to we had to go through some things. How do you think that we worked through going through some things? Um, I think I think like a fine wine. It's gotten better with age because I know. I don't know. I, yeah, that's a really old. I don't know where that came from. But I, I, so I don't really know. I like, I don't really know if people know, but like, I do low key have a temper. And so there would be certain things that I feel like the younger version of our friendship really it could have been the end of our friendship in some ways. I'm not, I'm surprised that it wasn't where we would both just fly off the handle at the same time and just be like, I disagree, da, 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 whatever, and, and just be upset. <laughs> but you have a temper. You said what? Well. I'm very aware you have a temper. I mean, yeah, but you're like my closest friend, so of course you do that. And also, I don't have like a, it, it is more so like, I don't fly off the handle at anything, but once I get to that point, I'm there. Um. So I think in the early years, we handled it probably less effectively. I mean, but our front prefrontal cortexes weren't even fully formed so decision making was anyway sorry got a little off track there so but we've definitely with communication gotten better and stronger and I think that that's the best thing and some of that may even be due to like the fields that we went into because you were going into therapy and I was going into research and so it was one of those things where we spent a lot of time studying people and like because I think we're both reflective people we were able to apply some of those strategies to our own lives. And we've had conversations that have been less than comfortable. But I think the thing that I've learned about being in a friendship or being in a relationship period is like, hey, I can say it's uncomfortable and I can still stay in the moment with you and be transparent about the fact that it's uncomfortable, but I'm gonna do my best to be here. Like, if that makes sense. And I think that that's the thing that I had to learn because for me, I was the one who'd be like, all right, it's fine. I'll talk to you later, bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) one pivotal moment in our relationship where we had a very uncomfortable conversation and for me like just the way I communicate and kind of the the way I was raised like those uncomfortable things are just said and we just kind of move on right and I had to realize like everybody does not take it in like that honestly um so like the people um, that I've known my whole life or have known me just know how I communicate so like if I say something to like my closest friends from when I was younger they just know that's how I say things right but like meeting somebody new and like really having to understand like okay when I say things and they have a twang or they have a something on it like 
the intention is not always to hurt you. The intention is to call that out. But I think like it was not that we felt like we had a trusted relationship to call those things out yet. And it felt like a stab rather than accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, So like having to build the relationship to be like, whereas a place it is uncomfortable, but it's still accountability. It's not just a jab or a stab in your back. Um, So, and realizing like, that is something that I value. If I cannot have a transparent conversation with a person, um, there's just a level of relationship we won't have. That doesn't mean like I still can't be friends with you. But for me, it's just become like, if there's a level of transparency where I can have with you, like my cousin, who's like one of my closest friends always says like, you know, I'm gonna give you the feedback you need to hear and not the feedback you want to hear. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to have this moment. And, but that's how I would really appreciate to be communicated to rather than like the, you know, very eloquent words that Angie has sometimes. So having to learn that, like Angie is very tactful with her words and like, like having to kind of break down and learn how to communicate to her on things as well. So, yeah. But to that point, to what you're saying though, I think that that's something that's come with time is like now if you say certain things i'm just like yeah whatever dude like (laughs) like but we built trust in that way or i'm like yeah okay i agree and i think also the thing that i've learned the most is that there is like it's okay to just be honest and truthful so in some ways and and it and i think we had that conversation a couple weeks ago even where it's like there's certain things that i'll say now where you're like oh i like this new like straightforward like whatever and that could be just because of age like who the heck knows but I feel like it is like I'm like this relationship and friendship like most friendships should be is a place where I feel comfortable like if I'm going to experiment with something it's going to be within these relationships where it's like I can say hey like how did that land how did that hit like da, 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 like whatever or I can just be myself and be like actually this is how I feel about this this and this and I don't have to like be tactful or eloquent so I like that. So I feel like, yeah, we started off rough, but I think we've got a, like a rhythm now. <laughs> How we started off rough? You hated me. Like I what? Not hate. hate is okay. a word. You disliked me. <laughs> I just did not like the company that you kept, and I felt like you were of that same company, so I didn't want to be involved in that. Mm. And that company that you kept came true to fruition. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you think our friendship will be in another hmm, five to 10 years? That's a long time. Um, Five years, how old will we be? 30. Jesus. Ah, ah, I'm dying. 30. <laughs> 31. What are you talking about? 31. <laughs> okay, go ahead. 31. I feel like this is death. <laughs> not. I'm just being dramatic. So we'll both be 31. What will our friendship look like, do you think? Or what would you like to speak over our friendship? Um, I would like it to elevate in bouginess. Um, a lot more bougie experiences. Um, I would like us to still be doing this and building this brand mm-hmm. um, and making that time. 
um, and still having that piece of accountability and keeping each other accountable. I think that's the biggest part of this relationship is that the fact that we do respect the accountability and do respect what each of us bring to the table mm -hmm. and are trustful enough that like what the other person is bringing is actually like spirit led mm -hmm. and not just like ego led so yeah so that's five years 10 years uh, yeah five years is a good one i think I would like to see us like, cause I think the transition occurred along with that increased level of trust is like, I don't, I don't consider you a friend anymore. Like I sincerely consider you like family, like you are my family. Ugh. <laughs> that and so because of that, I feel like I just want to continue to grow um, spiritually with you. Like we've been through a lot, like looking back, like, and there's some things I know we haven't even talked about, but the spiritual battles that we've been through together and one with God on our side, like, those are powerful. The things that we've seen each other through, prayed each other through, cried each other through, like, just continuing to, like you said, have that strong friendship, have that level of accountability. And I think increase our reach. I would love to see us in five years have a scholarship or have, like, have, like, be able to, like, write a check to, like, a women's shelter do those things and make the impact that we've always talked about making together and like of course separately as well but like together as a part of what we're doing and what we're building um and yeah just continue to see our family grow and love each other and have some fun more trips more travel more trips more travel more bouginess more mm -hmm. life more life I feel like that's a good place to end at mm -hmm. So now they know. Because it's Mike Super Short Show. Were you able to watch that when you were a kid? Yes, I did. You jerk. <laughs> also, the foundation of our relationship is me asking if Andrew was allowed to do things. <laughs> there was something the other day that I thought about, and I was like, I wonder, I can't remember what it is. And I was like, I wonder if Angie knows what this is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was way more. Uh, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Maybe we'll talk about childhood one day. But yeah, like most of the TV stuff, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What, what's next? Boss bits? Yes. I had a boss bit and I lost it. Ooh, but I'm not a rapper. Hey, <laughs> I heard it. I heard it um so we talked about meditation oh here's what i wanted to say celebrate the moment so so very often in life and i know i like most of these are very like um i don't know i'm trying to be more present i'm not even going to qualify what i'm going to say i'm trying to be more present and i had this moment today where i really just like cried in gratitude and was like wow like there's a lot that I still want to do, but can we take a minute and just be like, we've done a lot. Like, hey, congratulations. Like, you've done it. Like, and I feel like we need to take these moments and celebrate and smell the roses and pat ourselves on the back and go back and look at certificates and pictures and things and be like, wow, like we've come a mighty long way. And so if you haven't already, take a minute this week, this weekend, whatever, whenever you're listening to this and look at how far you've come from the last time that you did and use that as a mindfulness practice. 
and yeah, celebrate the moment. Allow yourself that time because you'll be energized in a way that will allow you to tackle what is next. That's what I got. We celebrate this weekend. <laughs> we are celebrating this weekend. All right. Well, we'll catch y'all next week. See y'all. Bye.